conspiracy nuts are running the asylum, but I'd give my left conspiracy nut for some sanity. Welcome to episode number 23 of the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chicago, Illinois, where the corporate God providers suck. So I listen to Sinner Sunday. And from America's left coast, where the secularists shun the religious non-believers, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, see, that's the left coast. We have a very special guest with us today, host of Sinner Sunday. Larry Blydner of that Larry show and Center Sunday. Is that an offshoot? Is that just a, uh, that is a spinoff. Yes. yes. I would, I would just, uh, you know, I was, I just can't stop uh, hearing enough of myself. So I decided I needed to do two well, extra shows a month. And we can't know. stop hearing enough of you too, which is why we've, we've <sighs> had you back kind. on for <laughs> this is the third time, fourth time, 17th time. I'm not really sure, but welcome to grumpy old Ben. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love hanging with you guys. You're always fun. Always to kick. Yeah, it is the third time. And when we were going to do a show on the church and state, it's like, well, okay. Well, my first thought, I mean, Ryan, brother jealous. right. My yeah. first thought was screw Ryan. I don't need to talk to him. I just need to talk to Larry about this, but I'm like, okay, I'm doing a show with Ryan that kind of covers these kind of topics. So it would be rude not to include him. But, uh, so I, my first thought was Larry and he said, yeah, let's do the show. And then I'm like, oh wait, yeah, Ryan too. Let's 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 ask him and he said sure he's up for this uh church and state concept we don't know how long it'll take to kind of delve through this and kind of talk about the insanity that's going on and yet again a case of where a law well this in this case it really isn't even a law when you talk about the separation of church and state but it's something that's been treated like a law and a lot of crazy stuff has kind of happened Due to that, do you even know, Ryan, where the whole separation, I'm putting you on the spot here, where the whole concept of the separation of church and state comes from? Well, having done absolutely no research, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the First Amendment. Kind of, but there's nothing in the First Amendment that says there should be a separation of church and state. Well, what the First Amendment says is that the federal government shall not infringe the practice of religion, which I think is probably the most important type of law because it puts restrictions on what the government does not restrictions on what the people do right which is the the key to the first amendment but the concept that whole phrase of separation of church and state actually goes uh from something that was written in 1802 by thomas jefferson who had gotten a letter from some baptists who were really kind of worried that you know, our religion isn't the main one in this country, and they were worried about being able to live and thrive and do their whole Baptist thing. So they had sent a letter to Thomas Jefferson, who he is the one that responded to them, explaining that you were never going to have a state religion. So the separation of church and state, according to Thomas Jefferson anyway, was that the United States would never declare a state religion, which is you have to look at a lot of this stuff. I think in the context in which the world was, what was going on at the time, 
and where the people that were coming up with the laws of this new nation that we were building here in the United States, what they had just been dealing with. And over in England, the church of England and the state that was England had pretty much combined into one big conglomerate. And that's where things started going horribly wrong. So the concept of separating church and state was about making sure that the state would never have a state-run religion, but it was never anything about keeping anybody from having any kind of religious beliefs or worshiping in any way they wanted. And I think that's something that's quite often confused, isn't it, Larry? I think so. Yeah, I would, I'd, be, I'd agree with that. Um, everything's confused. And that's deliberate <laughs> disinformation. Well, that right. And that is kind of the point at this when, you know, I remember seeing this on TV, watching Glenn Beck going back. And I know a lot of people don't like Glenn Beck because he's a crazy Mormon. Uh, but this was is he a Mormon. 10, is he really? Well, really Mormon. Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. I think he, he is now he converted. I believe. I don't think he was a Mormon for years, but this later in life, he converted to Mormon. Really? We, but, we love his type on here on grumpy old Ben's though. I don't mean Mormons. I mean, crazies. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, kind of like the Alex Joneses, a lot of times the crazies have a lot of truth behind what they're saying. And it just gets shouted down because he was talking about the war on religion long before I remember anybody else talking about it. And it's possible that he wasn't first, but he was just the loudest, which of course is a yeah. big factor in getting your message out there. But they shot him up. And right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he went and did his own thing, which is good. I mean, it's kind of like what we're doing on the podcast, what you're doing on the podcast, Larry, that, you know, nobody's your boss, so you can have the right to say whatever you want. But of course, your, you know, your bully pulpit's a little bit smaller just as when you're a podcaster <laughs> than if you write. And then if, well, I mean, it would be nice to have CNN or Fox News to broadcast your views, but uh, we don't have that. Not yet. What would be nice? Would be. If, any, if they want to hire us, feel free to uh, feel free to reach out. I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> oh. why do you think? Why do you think, Larry, that this whole thing has come about? What is the war against religion about? What is all of this that coming from the left trying to shut yeah. religion up? Why? I think it's all rooted in Marxism, which is its own religion. That's where I think it's coming from. Right. The religion of the state, right? Yeah, that's totally it. I mean, people, people are hardwired to have uh, some type of religion, some type of a belief in something bigger than ourselves. And those that reject the idea of, uh, you know, supreme being who's spinning planets and creating galaxies, they, they make the, the state their God. And uh, it's always been competing, uh, competing belief systems. And I think that's where it's coming from. It has been. Well, I think I think you've you've just completely nailed it on on people in general have to I mean, have to have some kind of spiritualism in their lives, and they they will always naturally latch onto something to believe in. Yeah. Uh. And and uh, unfortunately, with the the secularism that has started to uh, run rampant in society today, uh, I. I don't I don't personally think that secularism is a problem. And in fact, it, it is. I still think the right way to uh, behave in a government. But uh, yeah. nowadays, it's cool to reject religion. And mm -hmm. we've got entire generations of people who 
have been raised in a society where religion and you know, uh, you, you look at Hollywood and and religious nutbags are always the antagonists and evils uh, of and you know oh well nine eleven was uh, you know oh look look at what these people did in the name of God right uh, every every terrorist act and so we've got entire generations of people who are now being raised to reject religion and the result is that we have uh, human beings who are raised to hear that religion is bad but who are hardwired to believe in something and throw throw their their faith at something and the only thing that that's being presented to them are secular aspects of society and we're seeing a disturbing trend of of people who are taking these secular things like the state mm-hmm. like uh do you believe in climate change in science in whatever and behaving as though those are religious icons or religious doctrine dictates that can't be questioned oh yeah and and people Which- people who don't question the state are uh well they're not really good for society <laughs> Well, that is true. In global warming, there's no doubt that is the religion du jour for a lot of people today. And it's very, it's very strange to watch. I mean, growing up a good Catholic boy, as Larry has, uh, you know, the teachings of the church, even watching the church itself, which is something very easy to get very just mad at what's been going on it's very easy to be get disenfranchised looking at as larry you point out you always call them the corporate god providers yes and there's a reason for that and it's bastardizing religion which is good at the core is it just the case of any time you get people involved who have any kind of semblance of power that's given to them they're gonna screw it up yeah well anytime you get more more than you know three or four people teaming up on something they're they're gonna they're going to spawn a conspiracy and they're gonna and the fifth guy to come in is gonna get rat fucked you know that's, that's really how, kind of how it works and uh it I, I would say there's a there's a terrific distinction between faith right in whatever your chosen higher power is and religion you know uh, and i think religion can be a very dangerous thing uh, because of what, you know, we've, we've all seen with the results of that. And so I think, I think what what's happened is whatever, whatever the belief system is, you take an organization, guys get together, it grows, it metastasizes, and now they distort, uh, this faith, they shape it, they cut it, they bond to it into whatever they want it to be to serve their own interests. And it's happened, uh, you know, I've seen that happen in the Christian faith. Uh, that's why I do Sinner Sunday is to it was just blow away all the but basically like sandblast all the thousands of years of coats of bullshit paint off of the core of what it's about and get to the the essence of it. Uh, and I'm sure that it's been done in Judaism and Islam as well. I would, I would I mean I'm not conversant in that as I am in Christianity, but probably that's what organizations do, right? You need to yeah, look a little farther than organized religion to understand uh, the phrase power corrupts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's interesting when you say you're kind of like peeling off those layers of paint because religion, 
like something like Christianity that has been around for so long. When you look at the texts of these religions, Judaism, of course, the same thing. They're constantly, which is, I know you're a word guy as well as I am, Larry, and it drives yes. me nuts when words are either being co-opted or changed or yes. just used incorrectly. One of the biggest problems I think we have with all of the religions that existed more than, you know, a couple of, that started more than a couple of hundred years ago is that you have various texts written in various languages that are constantly being adjusted. They're constantly being translated for better or for worse. And you get to the point to where you wonder, are we totally missing out? on the initial meanings right. of those writings we're having the same kind of a discussion right now today about the church and state is we're wondering what the language of the founding fathers in the starting of the country back in the 17 1800s what these guys were thinking and trying to figure out what they were talking about and that was only a few hundred years ago when some of these texts are thousands of years old how do we know we're even on the right track of what the initial meaning was? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, uh, uh, I remember reading a, a while. I'm kind of a, a few years ago. I visited some of the uh, Mayan ruins, ruins in Central America, and they're pretty fascinating stuff. And you know, I kind of got into it a little bit. And and these these archaeologists and um, whatever language and glyph experts, I guess back 60, 70 years ago, said that they had cracked the code of these Mayan glyphs, you know, like hieroglyphics. And they, 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 they said, this is what this is all is all about. And then about 15, 20 years ago, another group of guys said, ah, oh, they're, they're full of shit. They're all everything. Forget everything they said. They're wrong. This is what they're about. And so, yeah, I would imagine the same thing could be happening with Dead Sea Scrolls or whatever. Right. But the, the process you just described is called science. Yeah. That's where <laughs> it's, yeah. it's where people learn facts based on hypotheses and available evidence. And then later new hypotheses and new available evidence comes out and people re-examine the facts. Yeah. Uh, that, that is as opposed to uh, the, the religion where uh, in, in at least uh, any kind of formalized religion based on control where edicts come down from above and thou shalt not question them or thou are a heretic. Yes. And when when you get that, it requires that people shut off the thinking parts of their brain, which is why I prefer science, but I don't prefer the kind of science that you see in the mainstream media. Mm. I I prefer the kind of science that requires people be a skeptic of things. Yes. Right. You mean when science becomes lies. <laughs> right. Or when science <laughs> is pushing lies. Yeah, which it does. And that's a lot. Because it's interesting. And people will tell you if you know an atheist will tell you, well, you know. God doesn't exist because X, Y, Z, but you know, Hey, global warming does. We want you to believe this because we tell you to, we don't really have any reason to, for what we're thinking, but that's their religion. It really is. It's really a religion. And, 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 and what, what you see in, in the media and what people are telling you, it's not science and it's not really religion either. And it's certainly not spirituality. It's propaganda. It's yes. anytime that somebody is trying to, to convince somebody else of something, what you're getting is propaganda. And there's a good chance that someone with an agenda on the other end is the one pushing and creating that propaganda for the purpose of manipulating you, regardless of whether or not they say 
because your immortal soul is in danger, or they say because your coastline is in danger. And let us not uh, overlook the fact that the very word propaganda is derived from the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, it comes from the propagation of the faith. <laughs> they invented it. Well, I did they didn't not invent know it. That. They, they named it. Yeah. See, I knew there was a reason we had you on, Larry. I'm learning <laughs> things. <laughs> That's all I know. And I thought I you knew everything, now. Ryan. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I said point. I said that I can speak to everything. <laughs> um, I have a strong is, opinion on everything. Huh. <laughs> well, the intriguing thing when you talk about propaganda and you talk about religion and you talk about things like climate change to becoming a religion i mean who did propaganda in the last hundred years or so better than anybody else and it's probably the, the nazis. new york times yeah well, and they may be nazis i don't know but you know you go back to i mean hitler took over the church and used it for his power you know and these are the types of things that the separation and, of church and state the first amendment were really meant to keep from happening which was the government cannot co-op a religion and use it for their own good so mark it down 23 episodes in grumpy old ben falls victim to godwin's law Hmm. (laughs) i'm sorry go on which you how is it but how are we falling victim to that we are speaking the truth well, we we brought up Nazis. That's that's what I believe. Never mind. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Well, I think we brought them up before that. But uh, <laughs> it's, probably it's an true. interesting it's an interesting point in seeing how evil can co-opt a religion when it's being used in the state uh, in having a uh, that kind of a propaganda because people that's what you're taught to believe, right? If you're growing up in any kind of faith, the people that are you know, the pastors, the priests, anybody that is involved as far as somebody in control, as you would say, Ryan, in the in the religion, in the church, you know, you're taught to believe them. So that is where they become very dangerous people. And that was Beck's uh, thesis way back then when he was talking about the war on religion was that the pastors, the priests were the ones that the left was worried about because they could speak out against them and people would listen to them. And I understand this goes both ways because watching the Catholic church throughout my lifetime, I went from, you know, really buying into a lot of it, not really having a problem with it. We had, uh, you know, Pope John Paul, who I think is one of the greatest popes of all time. And it never occurred to me, you know, kind of like people are having this Trump derangement syndrome with Donald Trump being president. I mean, I kind of feel a little bit like I'm falling into that with the current Pope that is in control of the Catholic Church, because I think he's a guy that is very dangerous and is doing a lot of things against what I would believe that should be done. So, and you're taught that, oh, this is the guy. He's, you know, he's number one. He's the Pope is infallible. Larry, which is maybe the craziest uh, thing a religion really has ever done, which says we're going to pick a human being yeah. and we're going to declare him infallible. That's a little bit crazy. It's absurd. When you get a pope that maybe, you know, how do you deal with that? It's totally absurd. You know why I, I 
stopped buying it a long time ago. Um, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but people, people are into it. You know, again, that serves another need. I think, uh, you know, look at the, you know, our friends across the pond there. Uh, they, they, they love those monarchs, you know, it's, I guess they have to, in some way, just, just having the, the, the belief in a higher power isn't enough. It has to be anthropomorphized in some fashion. So give me a king, give me a pope, give me an emperor, give me a dictator, give me somebody whose ass I can kiss, right? I guess that's it. Pretty much. Well, it might, also be, it might also actually be, uh, you know, uh, trying to externalize your uh, moral responsibility is, I, I might be way off base here, but uh, if if you are responsible for deciding for yourself what's right and wrong, that is a lot of responsibility to take on. But if instead you can just point to an authority figure and say, he made me do it, then you've absolved yourself of, of a lot of responsibility for whatever uh, inappropriate or, or uh, immoral thoughts you're thinking or uh, doing. I, I think you've just summarized the, the central schism between the left and the right. And the right is more in touch with, individual responsibility and the left wants uh you know the nanny state to 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 rule their lives the boot on the neck they love it there are people that fucking love that they don't want a choice tell me what to do you know well that's the other part of religion which is uh overall religion and religious people are a lot more charitable i would think than non-religious and maybe i'm totally yes, wrong i think that's but true i and, and if that is true then who is against people being charitable right. well we want the state to provide for you we don't want somebody else to come in who to do that for you we want to be your god and i think a lot of the the people that are pushing for things like the socialist paradise that a lot of these politicians seem to want now are pushing for something along those lines and it's interesting to me as much again as people freak out about donald trump the president in the United States has so very little real power when it comes down to it due to all of the checks and balances, which are still in our system, even though there's a lot of them that are failing, like the supposed free press and, you know, the judicial branch and all that. But overall, the president has very little power compared to say the Pope and the Roman Catholic religion who were saying he's infallible. He's the guy. He's the one that makes all the decisions. There's nobody. If the Pope says something, there's nobody that can go, uh-uh, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist. And well, what happens then? Well, you, you can, but you're, you have no control over what's going on unless you're going to, you know, take them out, which I think has probably happened at some point into a Pope or two. But the intriguing point becomes with all of that power and again maybe i'm just into the conspiracy theories and all that kind of thing but i always go to the manchurian candidate kind of a concept which is you know if you could just get somebody yeah. into that position you could bring that whole thing down whether it's you know in this case the roman catholic church but the same thing kind of goes along the lines of you know getting somebody to be president or whatnot and you kind of look at how easy it would be to do massive amounts of damage i have no question that there are bad priests out there i have there's no question that there's you know abuse cases that have taken part over the well, last they're, you know they're decades. humans of course some percentage of them are bad 
Well, you know, but- you bring up a couple of interesting things. I just did an episode of the regular show called Conspiracies, and of course, it was triggered by the Jeffrey Epstein thing. And there's right. an, again, you know, being three word freaks here, there's an interesting um, um, word of, uh, juxtaposition to look at, and and you, you most often hear the word conspiracy or conspiracies married to the one you just used, Darren, which is theorist or theories, right? Which, if you think about it, when you put those two together. Theory undercuts the first one, doesn't it? It sort of erodes right. the credibility of yeah, that. Yeah, more, more correctly, they should be called conspiracy hypotheses. Exactly. Yes. Right. Theories are not good. Facts. Very, very good. Good idea. And the second word it's most fe- frequently uh, joined with is not. No, he's not a conspiracy nut, <laughs> right? Now, uh, to get back to the church, Darren, and I, I mean, uh, there was a, a, a documentary that I saw some years ago uh, about the Catholic Church. And it was done by Frontline, which is PBS, right? We know where they're coming from. However, it raised a really interesting question in the whole pump, Pope uh, situation. He may recall Benedict. He retired for health reasons. What was it? I don't know, 12, 15 years ago? It was quite some time ago. Right. Right? Had a very short reign. Very short reign. And he's still around. Whatever those health reasons were, I guess he. Because he got over them, didn't he? Right now, in this in this documentary, uh, they said that when when he when they brought him into the Vatican, direct quote, he said, "This place is a sewer, and I'm going to clean it up." And they said, "So what? Oh, what yeah? you're saying is he wanted to drain the swamp? <laughs> he wanted to drain the swamp, exactly." And and then he was and here's something fascinating, you know, I. I is when then when Frankie came in the Venezuelan commie, I want to revisit this uh, this this documentary. Uh, I've searched high and low, and I can't find a fucking trace of it anywhere. It's like it's been wiped. Well, we have a lot of people that are on the No Agenda stream listening and yes. listen to Grumpy Old Bands that can find a lot of that stuff. So if you can if you can find this video, be sure to send a link Please. to Ryan or myself or directly to Larry and. Uh, and it was it was put out by PBS. You said it was put out. It was, it was I assume it was you know Frontline is a is a PBS production arm. I think right, uh, and it was definitely a Frontline production. So I assume that you know it's pretty. It's not like it was done in somebody's basement. You know, it's a legit, fairly large outfit. But Jesus, I've looked for it everywhere. Can't find it. It's almost like it disappeared in some kind of a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, it's a conspiracy <laughs> hypothesis. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, but you know, there there actually are conspiracy theories, and those are hypotheses about conspiracies, which are backed up by facts and observed evidence. Yeah. And they they get upgraded to theories according to the scientific method. And at that point, you you need to stop ca- using the phrase conspiracy theory as a derisive term because it means you know this is a pretty good explanation for what we're seeing here. Right. is there are actual bad people working from the shadows pushing for something evil to happen yeah but i think that's accurate in this case and I, you're right i think we have a pope now that is not even trying to hide the fact that he's pushing for a socialist utopia from a lot of the things that he said the interesting thing to me is again as we talked about the pope of the roman catholic church is infallible he's the guy he is the highest up he is the one, you know, hand to God. He's he's the guy on earth that is the closest to the Almighty, to the Creator. 
but you have him going around saying, uh, if we don't do something about climate change, uh, the world's going to be screwed. So I'm kind of curious. You believe that God created everything, heaven, earth, everything created everything, but a few humans that have cars and are burning fires are going to screw everything up. That's, I mean, really, that's the faith you have in the God is you as the, as the Pope. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it kind of just blows my mind that he would be like, well, yeah, a human made climate change. Humans are bad, but wait, well, isn't, didn't- isn't that the, the, the fundamental objection to all of the formal Christian teachings in general is, is that if we have this God who is, all-knowing all-powerful and benevolent then there shouldn't be any evil in the world because if if he is if he's all three of those things then he has he knows about the evil he has the power to correct it and he has the will to correct it so if if there's evil in the world then there must be the the god either must not know everything not be all good or not be all powerful that's that's kind of the i mean that was my, you know, I, I was nine years old in Sunday school when when I stumbled onto that one. So I might be a little behind on and the sophistication well, of my thinking. Well, I think evil is a little bit different than climate change in the ending of the planet. But um, Fletcher in the chat room makes a good point. God made humans. Humans killed the planet. So God created climate change. Well, then why are we against it? Right. I mean, well, that was kind of what I was getting at is is if. If you subscribe to God is all powerful and controls everything, then clearly it's God's fault, whatever happens. And we should just go with it because, you know, there's that infallible authority. Right. And if you're, if you believe the stories of Noah and the ark and the whole world being flooded, God has the ability to do whatever he wants. So it gets down to the point to where you're going. We, the, it's the Pope. The viewpoint is currently from this current Pope. You know, we're going to blow the planet up as humans and it's going to get so bad, but God's not going to help us this time. (laughs) Where's his faith? (laughs) Where is the faith, right? Because we've already seen that God can do this if you believe the Noah story. But But in this case, the Pope is saying no. They don't have faith. What they have is propaganda. (laughs) They, when, when you've lost faith and yet you still have power, you use propaganda and you use lies to convince people to do what you want in the name of whatever it is that you decide will work the best which is the overall problem with the corporate god providers who take something that is fairly pure and and then bastardize it and it, it is hard for people to separate those two and ever since i had to go through sunday school and i went to a uh all boys Catholic high school and then went to a Catholic university. Although by the time I hit DePaul, there was nothing Catholic about it. Yeah. The woman that ran the communications department was a, uh, a militant lesbian who talked about going to Panama or somewhere to, you know, get a baby with her partner and all that. And these are the people in charge at a Catholic university. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand how things start breaking down fairly quickly but as somebody that had to look at religion and you know again catholic high school and you go through all the religion classes i noticed in the bible that no because i I have no problem with the catholic religion with the teachings i get it 
I understand it, but going to church every week was so boring is, I guess, the problem to where, you know, it, when it's so, so just mind numbing where you sit yeah. there and you just try to keep yourself awake because that's how horrible things are. You start looking for things kind of like with this separation of church and state. You start going back. Well, let me look. Where does it say we have to do this? And, and I looked and you look in the Bible, you look through the teachings of Jesus. Nowhere does it say build churches and no. have people come once a week. No. Nowhere. No, it's it's uh, an education institution, uh, which we, we haven't done a show on education, but we totally could. Uh, you know, the, the education model that we have in in America, at least in most Westernized countries, is the, the Prussian model where we start from the assumption these kids need to be in school and then we scrabble around to figure out, OK, well, what can we tell them to keep them uh occupied and distracted and hopefully maybe learn something incidentally <laughs> yeah well the question okay trying to getting to the topic of the separation of church and state or just church and state is there any question that the united states was formed as a overall christian nation well that was who was here i mean yeah I but you know they, they deny it. But they rewrite okay. history. I mean, there's, there's no question of us. I mean, I mean, which among the look who look who was first here? Puritans, right? French, German, Spanish. Any of those non-Christians? Which which ones were the uh, I don't know the Deists or the Buddhists or whatever? Which ones? Right? But they'll deny well, there, this. They'll there, deny, it, no, deny it. Deny it. No doubt at all that it was formed by Christians, and that will absolutely color a lot. I I I don't. I mean. Thomas Jefferson, for example, may have been one of the you know earliest secularists in in the country. I mean he he practiced religion because that's what he was taught to do. But uh, his his public speakings on government and things uh, were you know he, he was he was clearly skeptical. Yeah. I think that there were a number of people who very much believed that uh, religion Christianity should not be a basis of government and fortunately those people wrote down some stuff and they kind of got everyone else to vocally verbally agree i think that most of the people who formed the country being christians were like yeah we need another christian government but i, I that's not what was written down no but what was written down was derived from you know, at least the old testament the ten tank commandments is the you know the basis for, for all of law Right. Well, there's there's no doubt that, uh, you know, the Constitution was based heavily on the Magna Carta, which came from right. the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I mean, it, religion, part of the reason that religion has been so pervasive across the entirety of human history is that there are some really, really good ideas that if people follow the I mean, shit like uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If, if people follow basic rules of not being total assholes to each other, then your society benefits. And it's if, if it's a societal good, then the societies that follow it tend to do better because the societies that didn't have rules like don't murder each other somehow all died out. So mm -hmm. obviously there's good in the religious teachings. Yes. I, I don't argue against the. I don't argue against what religions teach. I don't argue against the, the spirituality that religion brings to people. I argue against the corruption that is caused by introducing the authoritarian model into religious 
constructs. Yeah. yeah so where do you come down then on the first amendment, Ryan, as far as I'm in favor, there, there's two, <laughs> well, there's two choices when it comes to the religious part of the first amendment. Cause I mean, the first amendment says a lot, you know, Congress shall make no law representing an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Uh, we have grievances, so uh, we can, we can talk about that, but basically, and, and you're part free about, to petition the government. There's nothing in there that says that the government has to care. Right. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> so true. You can ask. And that is always in the fine print. Yeah. That is always in the fine print. But what, so the two choices on the wording in the first amendment in regards to religion, it either means that it's there to keep God, the Bible and all mention of religion out of anything that is public life, or it means to keep the government from interfering with any public practice of religion. Which one of those two is, is this well, everything, first amendment everything about? in the bill of rights is worded in such a way that it is, it is defined to restrict the government from doing things that infringe on the rights of people. Hence the phrase bill of rights. And so to interpret the first amendment in any way other than this is a restriction on what the federal government is not allowed to do is either short-sighted or disingenuous. Right. So it's to keep the government from interfering with somebody's practicing of religion. It's not there. Everybody that talks about the separation of church and state recently, well, if you're on the left, it seems, is making it sound like the separation of church and state means that the two shall never meet. And that really isn't the intent. The intent was that the government will not control the religion. The government will not have a religion that they say this is the religion of the United States. It was never meant to say, well, you, you, wait, they have the, the, they have the Ten Commandments up in the school. Uh, we can't have that. It was never meant to keep any mention of religion out of public places. I think that, that the, I mean, it's not a a long leap to interpret the idea of, you know, we shouldn't establish a formal religion to also be uh, the state should not be used uh, as the, the authority responsible for using force on citizens. That force should not be wielded to raise one religion up over another is is not a long stretch right but it is being stretched at this point it where is. you're seeing things like that monument that we were talking i don't know if we talked about this before the show talking about the what we were going to talk about very meta but that's where the whole concept of doing this episode came up where it was south carolina i believe somewhere it was a memorial to first responders and the government for this local town got under pressure from you know the usual types the atheists who were like well separation of church and state right and they went and literally buffed out the word lord from this monument Mm -hmm. and this is the kind of stuff that's going on which is absolutely nuts like all these pulling down of statues and all this other stuff but they're using the concept of the separation of church and state to mean like 
well, of course, we have we have to separate the two. We can't have Lord well, on a public it, it monument. It sounds like it's what like, they're doing is using it as a shield, as as an excuse for petty vandalism. Hmm. Well, yes, in that in that case, it certainly is. But that is what's being used. It was interesting to me to see that courts had actually used that term, the separation of church and state. And most people, I think, if you ask them where the concept comes for the separation of church and state. I would bet you a vast majority of the people in the United States would say that it was in the Constitution, but it's not. Right. It's absolutely not in the Constitution. The term originated, as far as anybody can find out again, from that letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Baptist preachers, assuring them, you know, for more of more for more intents and purposes, that they were absolutely safe to do whatever they wanted to do in their religion. But People now are using the separation of church and state to say, again, that there should be no mention of religion in public life. But that is absolutely nuts when you go down the line of look at our currency. You, you might it even, says in God we trust. You might yeah. even call somebody who says that a conspiracy nut. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, but where, in this where case, you, there, where does it end? I mean, uh, you know, right here in the uh, in L.A., there's a massive veterans cemetery. Um, which you can see from the 405 freeway and thousands of these, you know, white crosses, just like the ones in Normandy. And there's plenty of stars of David there as well on these guys. graves. What do you do? Are you going to bulldoze those? Cause, cause what, what, what it's saying is what their argument is not only the church and state thing. It's also that's offensive to me. That's offense. I don't like the way that looks. That's not my flavor of God. Get it out of my sight. Right. Well, I think I think that the first thing that you do is put on the brakes and stop charging headlong down that slippery slope. Yeah. But you know that that's offense. Uh, you that, that's a that's a trigger word for me. I'm offended. Well, I'm okay. Offended. Well, you know, tough shit. <laughs> first of all, first of all, things are not offensive. People are not offensive. People can become offended, and that is a choice that you make. And I. I have some sympathy if you've decided to get yourself all up into an emotional tizzy over something, but it's not something I have any control over. You're the one who decides whether or not to get offended. Correct. Well, there was a, somebody had redone in a meme, the family circle cartoon with the uh, father and the little boy. So it was a split caption and the father asked, well, Hey, do you know how to get what you want or, you know, what to do when you want to get what you want? And and it was obviously changed. I don't know what the original caption was on this cartoon, but the meme had changed it to "I'm offended." No, no. The, so, the, the yes, first the, the word the old man early. says to the kid, "What are the magic words?" It was which he was hoping to get uh, please and thank right. you. Okay, right, what are right. the magic words when you want something? And then the kid screams, "I'm offended," which is totally true today, isn't it? And it sounds like Darren's going to go find that comic and put it in the show notes. <laughs> no that was your job you're the guy that does all the show notes <laughs> well no 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 that you just described work you know how i feel about that yes i do um but there are so many examples that you can go down the line yeah. for people that say you we were never meant to have anything with any religious connotation in government or in public life george washington first president of the united states was sworn in on a holy bible and he took the oath saying, so help me God. I mean, if that doesn't start with a bang to disprove the theory that these guys were sitting around, which is like a lot of things, this is now the bastardization of history. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, Michelle Obama. I always bring that quote up because it's the one that sticks out so clearly 
in mind when Barack Obama was out on the campaign trail that, you know, we're going to have to learn, we're, we're going to have to rewrite our history. Yeah. And people thought she was misspeaking. And I think, no, that was absolutely what she meant. No agenda has a running thing when people say things, you know, it used to be called like a Freudian slip. Right. But no, the no agenda guys say, well, this is the truth wanting to come out. So Michelle Obama saying we're going to have to rewrite our history. I believe was absolutely accurate. And you're trying to rewrite the fact that this is a nation built upon the Catholic or Christian religion, rather. And there is, you can deny that and you can try to wipe all the words away, but there are way too many examples of religion being totally side by side with the government there's no doubt like we said that the the documents were inspired by um religious documents and the the laws were kind of inspired if i may deny what you just said uh i i i you the very last thing you said was the the documents were inspired by and that part i believe is absolutely true you can't have an entire population of people who have the values from a particular religion Values, which I think we've established through millennia of history, are pretty good ideas. Uh, those people have were they decided that they wanted to create a new government, and they they said, "Okay, well, what are the really good ideas that we should put into our government?" Well, we're not going to tell people that they have to follow a particular god or a particular religious authority. However. We are going to tell them to be excellent to each other and party on dudes. I think that that actually was one of the religious texts, maybe mm-hmm. in the eleventh commandment. But um, the the idea that uh, you know, oh, he he swore on the Bible, and therefore uh, that means his religion is, I think, is a bit of a stretch. Uh, swearing on the Bible for somebody who believes that the bible is the book that represents all morals in your entire moral system is an act of taking an oath that you take very seriously and is is basically saying for you know any fiber of honor that i have i will not break this oath that i am taking and while making a pact like that can be considered a, a religious thing. It was not an establishment of religion. It was not saying uh, I'm. No, it wasn't an establishment of religion. But the two are in the same space. Meaning, taking the oath for president is obviously part of our government. Correct. Well, yes, but that's taking that's part an oath. of that's part of the that's part of the public life, right? That is part of the that has nothing to do. Taking the oath of president has nothing to do with religion, correct? Well, in so much as an oath is a, a spiritual bond that you will keep your word, it has right, something to do Right, but taking the oath of president is completely secular, but they're swearing on a Bible, which I think yeah. you would admit is quite religious. No, swearing on a Bible is it was established as a precedent because that particular person who was doing it needed a symbol that was uh he needed a symbol that if he were to break the oath he would be profaning the symbol and the bible 
was in the belief system of the person taking the oath, the the thing that he would not profane under any circumstances, presumably. And therefore, right, but then you're saying that George Washington obviously didn't feel that the separation of church and state would mean you can't have a Bible at the swearing in for being the secular president of the United States. Well, if if your adherence to religion is uh, follow the teachings of religion for creating a good society, then no, why would you need to separate it? Well, I think th- well, that's the whole point. <laughs> we're, we're, there's an assumption being made here. What we're doing is taking uh 100 200 year old history and transposing it into current times and there was an assumption made at the time uh, georgie washington was swearing on that bible and everything and that became a custom in the courts and so forth that well who, well, who amongst us is not uh governed by the, the the writings in this book everybody was there's a i'm sure there's a tiny sliver of people in the united states at that time from other other religions, other faiths, but hey, this is this is the this is the lingua franca. This is the coin of the realm. This is yeah. how we do it. Okay, that's how it fucking worked. Now <laughs> this is this is the uh, so where we are now. This is the byproduct of uh, diversity. You know, everybody's got to do their own thing. Well, that's not my Bible. Doesn't mean shit to me. Fuck you. I'm not swear. I'll, I'll swear to something else. And where it all nets out, it'll probably they'll probably do away with that, and you will swear fealty to what the state. That's where it's headed. Well, you're you're absolutely correct that the the writings in the book influenced and and were a basis of of the government that was created. And the 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 that book, however, has a lot of different writings, and you can take some of them without having to be have all of them forced on you. Uh, for example, the writings of uh, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt be nice to each other. Those are pretty good ideas, no matter what book they're in, and and those made it into the government as as we should do these so our society doesn't fail. The writings of uh, you know this one chick got knocked up by a ghost and had a kid who was half god. There's, I mean, first of all, that doesn't even apply to a government. But no, it doesn't. It's it, it's not necessary to take everything in the Bible literally to base your government on the good ideas contained therein. And if you're only picking and choosing parts of it anyway, and you're grabbing all of the ideas that make your society better, how much do you exclude before you're not really based on religion anymore? Well, that's not, that's not talking about being based on religion, but a lot of the people today are making the case, which why they took the word Lord off that memorial which was the founders didn't want to, they had separation of church and state, nothing religious should be in public and it's in the government vein like that. And that's simply not true. And by the way, all those rules you were talking about are all great, but they are not the rules of the grumpy old Ben's podcast. We can be very uncool and mean to each other if we want to for <laughs> the case will. of entertainment. <laughs> and, 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 and we certainly and I, will. I already have. I even <laughs> the, but you know a lot of people don't understand that they were so connected and when you tried to make that when you try to make the argument that the founding fathers didn't want anything to do with religion going on in the day-to-day life the day-to-day runnings of the government in government buildings and all of that do you know who commissioned the first bibles printed in the united states oh congress hmm. congress printed up the bibles because well first they imported a bunch of them from 
people that weren't England because we just had a war with them. But one of the first things they realized was that people needed Bibles and they tried to import them. They couldn't get enough from, uh, you know, Holland or wherever else they were trying to get them from. So they decided to print their own. But yes, it was Congress that decided that they were going to make that first order and print the first Bibles. So the first Bibles printed in the United States was at the bequest of Congress. And when Thomas Jefferson was president, when he wrote that letter about the separation of church and state, do you know where he was practicing his faith in the chamber of the house of representatives? That's where they had their services. They used the podium from the speaker of the house as the pulpit. You did a lot of people want to make the case. Yes. Well, I'm impressed. I'm a good Catholic boy. I'm I'm a good Catholic boy. So when somebody comes out and says the founders didn't want anything to do with religion to be involved with government, they held church in the house chamber. I mean, is that not clear enough? But I mean, right. Doesn't fit their narrative. And so they're going to keep hammering their version of uh, the truth. And, you know, eventually it'll just evaporate. It's certainly headed that way. Doesn't it appear to be right? Who was the guy? It, was it, it does. Wasn't the, no, it was just going back probably eight or 10 years, but there was, was it a courthouse in Texas? I don't know where the hell it was, but they had in front the 10 commandments on a stone, you know, pediment or whatever the hell it was, a block. And they were chiseled in there and they made them get rid of those. I mean, it's been going on for a long time. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Right. So, well, no, cause somebody has to stand up and actually fight back against that. And you're seeing now. And I believe firmly that a lot of the stuff that we're seeing today is part of the war on religion, including all of the stuff you're getting with, you know, the transgender and the homosexuality and stuff like that. And it's like, hey, you know what? I'm very libertarian, which is you can do whatever you want. And as long as it doesn't affect me, I really don't care. I mean, everybody has to answer if you believe in a God and a creator, you realize that eventually everybody's going to have to answer to them and it's not for us to judge even though ryan you like to judge every now and then but with that said hey, i don't judge this is where <laughs> this is where people like you know mike pence recently was totally blasted for being a catholic because oh well you're anti-homosexuality you're anti, you know your religion is so hate-filled and this is you know a big part of what's going on at least i believe so is the attack on religion is an attack on morality it's an attack on um just bringing down the system. Everything we seem to talk about on grumpy old Ben's eventually comes around where I have to mention, you know, Hey, go do your research, read what the weather underground manifesto in the 1960s was because it was all about separating people about having problems between, you know, creating that between the black and the white, between the people and the police, between the rich and the poor, because if we can crash the system, Mm -hmm. then we can put our beautiful socialist utopia into place. And I believe this is a big part of that. Or am I totally off base? This anarchist propaganda has been brought to you by Darren O'Neill. I don't think it's Darren at grumpy at all. Darren, I think it's been around for a long time. Um, I'll tell you what's, what's something fascinating that I saw that could maybe not signal a turn of the tide, but um, certainly it was an interesting angle i saw the movie uh, uh once upon a time in hollywood right? i'm not i'm not a big quentin tarantino fan but this is certainly the best thing he's ever done and it's, it's a real fun flick and 
the what it really if you're looking for a message out of it it's fuck hippies <laughs> it's a polemic against hippies you've got <laughs> you've got brad uh, pitt and leo and and they're clearly the heroes or the alpha dogs or a couple of cool dudes and the the essences you know of them uh, uh i don't give a bad shit spoilers they um they do away with the hippies and they're proud of it one in fact leo immolates one of them with a or with a flamethrower his own backyard (laughs) okay so wow that's uh, harsh that's harsh and and think of where this is coming from this is for this is the belly of the beast this is hollywood uh and i and i saw and i said holy shit that's fascinating because today's antifa was yesterday's weather and hippies and it was the exact same fucking message uh tear down the system do what you want to do you know whatever 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 so forth it's 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 just it's the same beast with another head new clothing well there's there's Um, a lot of things about the system that could definitely benefit from from a collapse and rebuilding into something absolutely i I totally agree with you yeah um but i but i think at the core of it was just you know the idea of uh everything look at the hippie the hippie uh credo it was you know why isn't it it's exactly what you're hearing now why isn't everything free i want free everything well because it isn't you know um but i thought it very fascinating here's this here's this movie that i think is doing very well that basically says hey they're shit wow it's a big statement well, it is interesting because you're right. I think it's the same message. But when you think of hippies, you kind of think of, uh, well, the first thing that popped into my mind was Willie Nelson. And you think of, you know, the Woodstock era, the peace and free love. And you want to get a total. I don't know. I think, I think disjoint- they might have been onto something with that free love thing. Hmm. You, you want in on that? <laughs> I can understand. Yeah. I was a little too young at the time. But it may be the same message, but look at the way, like you said, Antifa delivers that message with masks and weapons and violence where the hippies deliver the message of sitting in a circle and going, come on, we can love this. We can just we can just change the world through good vibes. If we all just hold hands and hum at the right frequency, we can bring this about and uh, I think what happened was that didn't work. Yeah. And the hippies got pissed. And now the Antifa hates hippies because they want the violence and they don't want the peaceful protests. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's maybe the same message, but wow, delivered in such a different way. Well, it's the same end. They're just using different means to get there. Right. Um, yeah. So, and I think part and parcel with it's that. interesting. And there is. Yeah. And the whole, and I think, you, you know, know it, it harkens back to the, uh, um you know the 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 abolition really of 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 religions of of faith you know it's kind of everybody who's exploring other things which is okay but it seems what's and it's interesting like it's when you look at the attacks on religion and trying to totally wipe them away and this is again by the left because i've never seen anybody no on the right you never see politically that. come out and be like yeah, we got to get rid of the religion. No, no, never once. Never. If I'm wrong again, anybody can feel free to reach out and tell me. But it's an interesting thing when the two largest groups of voting blocks, and I understand it's being a little bit, uh, you know, lumping people into one stereotypical box, but that's still what we do for the purposes of making some points and looking at the way things work. But if you're going to treat the African American vote and the Latino vote, as blocks 
those are two groups of people that overall are the most religious people out there. I mean, it's, so it's interesting to me that the left really courts those votes, but then they have no qualms just saying your religion has no part in, in the world. So it's, it's weird to me. I don't quite get that. I wonder how it's going to work for them, how it's going to play out. I had a thought about uh, when you were when you were talking, Larry, earlier uh, about the uh, the teachings of of the left versus the right with regards to uh, where where you should put your virtues. And what clicked with me while while you guys were talking is about uh, the propaganda that we're being fed. Uh, Mm -hmm. The propaganda always teaches us that all of the evils in the world are in other people. And I'm, I'm not a good Christian boy. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I was never particularly raised religious, but I have read the Bible. And, and if I recall, that book was the one that actually teaches us that evil is inside of each and every one of us. And the, the real trick to getting through life is trying to resist that. And I, I find it that might well be the, the biggest departure from religion that our society has made is that nowadays the, the people who are, are being brought up to believe that, that you can be a hundred percent virtuous and that all of the evil in the world comes from, uh, you know, those dirty Republicans or from, uh, uh, the other group, the, from the the Catholics, from the you know the the radical Muslims, from terrorists, from everybody but yourself. No, I don't know. You you were just talking about Antifa, and I was I was trying to think about the motivation of what's behind them, and they are uh, by every objective definition they are a terrorist group, and yeah. yet if you ask one of them, they believe that they are fighting wholly for good, and. I mean, if, if that doesn't fit the definition of religious zealot, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's your state religion again, right? right. Yeah. The biggest lie. I mean, yeah. they, they, they reject religion, the, the secular, but they're, they're jumping on board the secular religion of, of the state of, of climate change of, of SJW, social justice ideology. They're all. All of these ideologies are being treated with the reverence of a religion and the zealotry thereof. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's one thing that religion has been a completely destructive force at all points in our society, it is the kind of zealotry that causes somebody to acquire religion for themselves and then try to use force to push their beliefs on somebody else. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the Judeo Christian. Um, um, tenets accept the fact that that people are inherently flawed and we have to work hard at improving ourselves through life right um and i think the the, the this other side of that uh it just denies this right the very essence of of marxism is antithetical to human nature okay uh, you know, you work, I look at my fucking dog, you know, little moose. Um, he, he's possessive. He's got his little toys. He's got his bones. He's got his playthings. 
He puts them in his bed. He guards them. This is my, this is my shit. I got this. This is my stuff. You want it? Well, he might let you play for it for a while, but still it's his stuff. Right. And that's the way people are as well. And the entire leftist philosophy is everything is everyone's, which, which denies human nature. Okay. And I think that's part and parcel of their status religion. They believe some, they believe in the utopia. If we pass enough laws, put enough pressure, but we, we can be perfect ourselves in that fashion and have a, and have a, a utopia, which is totally absurd, you know? And maybe that's, maybe that's really what the, the very essence of, of both sides. In, in theory, it always will. Every, every plan for a utopia works just as long as you can get past that one little hurdle of completely taking the humanity out of humans. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. It's the, the key fact. Which is why, is that why they hate the religion? Is that why they hate the religion? Because of the fact that any religion is very much focused upon the humanity of people, the failings of people. It, it seems ironic to me that people like mike pence or anybody that's a catholic i would guess at this point gets just a bunch of crap because well your religion is anti-gay it's anti-transgender it's anti all of these things that we're so woke and we've been told that this is good and then they ignore the fact that the catholic religion is very much open to like i talked about earlier we all know if there's a creator, you got to answer to them. The people that are overall that I know that are Catholics are not out there judging. They're not out there stoning you. They're not out there lynching you. They're not out there doing anything. They're letting you live your life any which way that you want. And that is a big part, I think, of most religions, maybe not some. But, you know, for me, again, Catholicism is you do your own thing. You are not to, you know, what is he who has not sinned throw the first stone? I mean, that's a big teaching that we've taken I, I don't away have from jesus nearby i'm sorry well i've heard you have no stones but that was just dame bemrose complaining about mm-hmm. that but hey that kind of a concept <laughs> that kind of a concept was you know at, at complete odds to the people that would attack attack a man just for his faith it's like who is the intolerant asshole when you come out and blast a guy for just saying, well, you know, my religion, it, I don't think this is right, but I'm not doing anything to stop you. I'm not doing anything to try to change your life. I'm just saying my belief is this. And you're right with the global climate change stuff. That is more than a religion, it seems to these people, because it's for these people, they want somebody that has grown up their whole life in a religious home and with religious values. You've grown up as a Roman Catholic boy. Screw you. You should denounce this because your religion is hateful. But you mentioned to them that, you know, the science that you're basing this whole climate change thing on might be wrong and they, you're, you should be thrown in jail. Uh, you should be mm-hmm. retrained. You, you're a horrible person. How do these two things live in the same universe? I guess is the question. Well, I think that that you're, you know, you, you asked the question why I mean, if what I heard was why do why do they hate religion? And I think that it, it's it's not some deep philosophical issue. It's uh, at least at the top when when you have people who are using uh, a populist Marxism ideology to control people and get their political agendas pushed. Uh, any form of religion is a threat to that. Yeah. If 
if you look at what is happening with the people who are buying into this new secular religion, uh, they are they are signing on to the cause by believing that they're all going to die, that they have no worth as an individual, that uh, the nobody you know nobody cares about them but the state, uh, and if if you tried to do this with somebody who is uh, a, a devout Christian and comfortable with their spirituality and their understanding, they're going to say, you know, actually I do have self-worth and uh, I, I do value my family unit. And I don't think that the state should take it apart. And uh, also, um, you know, I, I don't believe that I'm going to die because I don't believe that God would let that happen. And it, you, all of all of the characteristics of being a well-adjusted spiritual religious human are antithetical toward breaking down society to the point where people will sign on to you being the absolute authority of your new state religion and so from you know from from the perspective of of one of the people uh you know if if i were to go all conspiracy nut i would name names like al gore george soros etc and say from the perspective of these people who want to control the population uh through propaganda then religious teachings christian teachings are are a threat to that control because it gives people self-confidence and self-worth and it fulfills their spiritual need and and you need people to be devoid of all of that thing in order to make your oh, yeah. Marxist utopia work. Absolutely. Right. No because if you have people that actually believe, yeah, if you have people that believe in God, you start questioning, well, okay, climate change is the world really going to end because God, again, God created this. We're back to that. Why is he going to let this be broken down? But can you imagine since we're talking about climate change? being kind of viewed as a religion that religion du jour of the people that want no religion today can you imagine if the pope had come out and said uh, the world's going to end in 12 years if we don't do something people would have treated him like he was a total nut job right well religious nut jobs have been making predictions like that for a long time it's not <laughs> yeah. usually the pope <laughs> so now aoc is our new religious nut job she huh? absolutely is and yes. I, I believe we're at some point in the future i want to do a, a an episode on populism in grumpy old bens because mm. the the parallels between aoc and trump and other populist movements that that prey on the fact that humans are are uh you know hive-minded cattle idiots <laughs> uh, in order to get what they want however it's is fascinating but that's not this episode well yeah i think you have a point and i think it all kind of fits together because people seem to want to trade one thing for another even with getting rid of the religion the i guess maybe it was a little bit more twofold one because religion is teaching things that may might be uh, antithetical to what they want you to believe in their you know utopian paradise of the society that they're trying to create um, but it could also just be that you know we need an enemy, and we can we can point at that. And you know, religion is a very good, uh, it's a good target because most people I think still are brought up. Maybe this is starting to change now. I don't know entirely the demographics of the United States, but up until very recently, and maybe still, people are still growing up 
overall with religion. I don't think we're a society yet in the United States where we're a majority that is atheist. I think that is still the minority. Yeah. So I think, I think that the people who do have some type of uh, faith is, is declining that that stat is plummeting rather quickly. Um, you know, it, and and why would that be? I mean, it's 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 coming through the educational system, right? That's they're inculcating young minds. That's the way it goes. Um, I would I would be shocked if if um you know within you know, thirty forty years that hasn't tipped so that you know I'm sure you're right, Darren, and that probably there's a majority of people who do believe in some type of God, but I would say that in, in the not too distant future that'll be upended and it'll be the minority. I would say. So is that is that the, the probably the end result of what they're trying to go with all of this stuff with climate change and all that is to replace God. And again, yeah. this is the conspiracy theory 101, which is you which goes back again to the weather underground, starting with the Bill Ayers thing in the 60s, which was, you know, if we can only infiltrate the teaching jobs and the journalist jobs, we can change the world. and. I think we're seeing the end result of that now, except for the fact that people don't realize it's happened or don't want to believe it's happened because again, like you said, Larry, every time somebody says conspiracy, it's nut. Mm-hmm. So anything that sounds like a conspiracy, you go, well, no, that's too crazy to believe that there's a bunch of people that actually worked in concert with each other to take control of the educational system and the news journalist system in the United States just for the purposes of pushing for an ideology. But as we've talked about before on grumpy old Ben's, the only way to get rid of the constitution, that was the one thing the founding fathers did really, really well, which is if you want to get rid of any of the amendments on the constitution, you need to have what 75% of the states agree to it. And that is nearly impossible to do. So if you know it's 75%, right, Ryan? It's, yeah, it, it, it's 75% of states, which 50 doesn't go into four evenly. So it'd be 38 states. So you need 38 states, which is almost impossible to do. And two so thirds how of do both you Congress, get, which is actually the first place you'd fail. It, it, and then how do you, so how do you do the end run? So well, the question it, becomes, how do you do the end run? Well, I mean, in an ideal world, you get constitutional amendments only when they're a really good idea that everybody can be on board with. Uh, the whole reason for it to be that hard was so that, uh, you know, they, they knew what a two party system looked like and they knew that somebody would always have 52% of the vote and they wanted to make certain that you couldn't just, you know, happen to swing the vote during one election and then run roughshod over the constitution. So they made it so that only the good ideas that everybody could agree to made it in. Right. So if you're somebody that is a thinking individual who believes socialism is great who you want to get rid of the current system the united states is going under and you see how the elections are going like you said we're a very split 50 50 country so when you look at if you're a socialist sitting in your mom's basement today going well to do this legally we need two-thirds of the house two-thirds of the senate and then three-quarters of the states to approve this the end run is to let's crash the system and just we'll it will get rid of everything because that's really the only way to get rid of the constitution is to topple the government, which again, understandably right down the lines of people would go conspiracy theory. 
but that's, I believe, the goal of a lot of people who want this in the United States is they understand that the Constitution is a real bitch to get rid of. So they're doing everything. I mean, when you see what's going on with the war against religion, the changing of all of these words to mean different things to you have the viewpoint that you don't agree with somebody, whether it's on the science of climate change or whether it's on, you know, homosexuality, whether it's on a transgender issue, whatever it is, you don't have to be doing anything about it. If you just have the belief you are now a hate filled individual who you know, probably should be sent to a concentration camp. But, you know, that kind of sounds a lot like Hitler. And when you hear the socialists saying, well, people might have to be, you know, might have to be retrained about some of these things. I mean, there was actual talk of that, if I remember right, about the climate deniers, which is scary, scary scary. stuff. But I do understand there there have been public calls from Congress critters Mm -hmm. to jail anybody who denies climate change. Uh, It's it's amazing how somebody who makes it as far as Congress could be so willfully blind to the the requirements of their own job. Because, uh, you know, jailing people for what they say is pretty much antithetical to everything that anybody who ever cared about this country believed in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you Uh, you, you went back to, uh, what was it, Alinsky or Darren a couple minutes ago about the, the, the media, the schools and so forth. And that's really happened. I mean, you think about it. How is this? How has this happened? (laughs) Well, incrementally, slowly, uh, because they the 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 other side tends to do have a a longer term view. Um, You know, they can kind of buy their time and wait and look at what's happened to you know journalism is dead, and it went from there was real news. Journalism is obsolete, and what you see thrashing around what you see thrashing around pretending to be journalism is no longer what we would have recognized as journalism no, 30 years not, ago not journalism yeah. so so you had you had you had you had three networks you had newspapers newspapers and so on and over the time just just like in television think of te- think about television news it went from there was hard news which again there's there's a church and state aspect to that of as well where where the uh this, the the state would be the the news, and it shouldn't be colored by advertisers pressuring them to 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 color the news in one way or another. That could happen politically as well. But somewhere somewhere along the line, I don't know, in the seventies or eighties, you heard the word in 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 relation to news infotainment. Okay, infotainment. Yeah, and then the tainment part of it is much more heavily accentuated than the info. And so you have now. It's just, it's just ridiculous bias. You know, Brett Baer is, is down in the tank, rah-rahing here for his side as Erin uh, Burnett is over on CNN. They're almost interchangeable. Um, newspapers, complete gloves off. Everything's a fucking opinion piece. There's, it's the death of truth, really, is what it is. The death of truth of objectivity. And, you know, it's happened to the media. And, and now in the, in the latest iteration, of course, in, uh, and social media, you know, talk about muzzling people. You know, like what you said, you know, we're deplatforming you, we're silencing you, we're putting you in the corner. Oh, you know, what's the fix for that? I don't, I don't know. I don't see a fix. It's very, to me, that's what's really totally frightening is you've got guys like us talking to, you know, in, in most cases, unfortunately, smaller groups of people freely 
But the ones with the massive loudspeakers with a big share of voice, they're not saying what we're saying. And if we did say the wrong thing, they'd shut us up anyway. You really are a grumpy old Ben, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) So. But you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. And it's stuff that we've kind of touched on before with the social media stuff. Our buddy that is a big supporter of the show, Jay Finley, that called Alyssa Milano the C word Mm -hmm. on Twitter and was immediately thrown into the penalty box, much like James Woods was. And there, the concept, which to me is a very kindergarten kind uh, teacher kind of a concept which is you're on timeout until you delete that post. Twitter doesn't delete the post and say you're in the penalty box for a week and then you can come back. Twitter, I mean, if you really you want to talk about programming somebody and getting them to buy into your religion, mm-hmm. I mean, what is better than, hey, I posted something that I believed, you know, in this case, maybe it was a little profane, but then you do a quick Twitter search and you see that profane word is being used all the time mm-hmm. uh, against people on the right. And then Twitter doesn't have a problem with that. But what is more mind numbing? What is more controlling than you can come back if you delete that? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of making you it's like we're not the police. No, we're not policing not police. that. We, the nanny yeah, state. You delete that message. You learn your lesson. You that wash your own mouth out with soap. You know, I, I had, I had pulled this quote up for uh, a different episode, but I think that it applies right here as a quote that I had, had, you know, I I did some research. I'm sorry. Uh, From Noam (laughs) Chomsky, who said the smart way to keep people passive and obedient is to strictly limit the spectrum of acceptable opinion, but allow very lively debate within that spectrum, even encourage the more critical and dissident views. That gives people the sense that there's free thinking going on while all the time the presuppositions of the system are being reinforced by the limits put on the range of debate. Yeah. Well said. And it was a smarter guy than I said it. Uh, but what that basically says is, is you allow people and, and if I may reference, uh, you know, political discourse, you allow people to talk extremely loudly and vehemently about abortion. You let them talk about, uh, you know, what, what, whatever the, the hot button topics of the day are, uh, gun control is one of them, but the things you do not allow people to talk about are potentially the ones that are important. For example, things you can't talk about, you can't talk about, uh, you know, uh, vaccines. It's just you're shut up. You can't talk about climate change. You can't talk about the the Hillary kill list. And <laughs> yeah, there's there's all of you. Know, there are things going on that you you think you know. There there's the lively debate and the uh, the political parties are uh, completely defining themselves on one side or the other about. You know, abortion is is actually what what brought it to mind because that is a that is an issue that touches to people's religious beliefs and teachings, mm-hmm. and you let you in in the grand scheme of things, uh, it's it's a thought experiment. It is a hypothetical situation that only truly impacts a tiny tiny fraction of people, and yet everybody has a super strong opinion about it, 
and everybody is shouting back and forth and and pissing in the cesspool that is Twitter about uh you know oh right to life oh right to choose well you right. know what I'm I'm anti choice anti anti life fuck you all but wait I don't understand how that's a tiny a tiny fraction of people you're talking about in the forty to sixty million range that's 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 not a tiny fraction it it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect you. Well, yeah, you're not one you. of them, but 40, 60 million. That's, that's, that's a pretty okay, big well, chunk I, of humanity. I, <laughs> the, the, how, how many people died last year in car crashes? How many people died last year from abortion? I don't think the numbers are in the same range. Oh, I bet they are. Absolutely. No, no. In fact, abortion would be way higher than car wrecks. Way higher. Check that. Way, we're, way We're going to have to bring you back on for the abortion. Way higher. No, I'm, I'm serious. That number, there's no comparison. There's about 30, 40,000 a year, maybe 50 in car wrecks. The abortion is way above that. Way, way higher. I'm, I'm just going to chalk this up to, to you live in LA where probably every, every third person is having an abortion at, at this moment. <laughs> Oh, I mean, the intriguing thing is I know the abortion rates have been coming down, which is an interesting thing uh, when you hear that this is a, you know, something running rampant. To me, it's, it's a big, um, it's a big false flag in the fact that it's getting people riled up about something that nobody's really looking at making much of a change to. Um, the interesting thing is, again, the logic that comes down on both sides and Again, going back to Alyssa Milano, who Jay Finley called the C word, and I think rightfully so in this particular case, when Donald Trump uh, posted that they were, you know, they had lifted the, uh, what was it, the, uh, the, the death penalty, the federal death penalty, and they were going back to a federal death penalty, mm-hmm. you know, for people that are, you know, mass murderers, serial rapists, those the, kind of things. The sons of, of Muslim extremists who the president doesn't like. Right. So we're going back to the federal death penalty. And her first reaction was, now you're pro-lifing that you have no you have no moral ground to stand on on the abortion issue, on the pro-life issue. And I really it just kind of had to sit there for a minute (laughs) and understand that Alyssa Milano sees terrorists who killed thousands of people, sees mass murderers, sees serial rapists as the same as an unborn child it it's it's hard to even wrap your brain around anybody that is alive with a brain that is a human being that would look at a monster who committed horrible crimes against humanity and go that's the same as the unborn baby over here how does that logic work i still will never understand that and to me this is how it gets to the point to where you can't have a conversation with people who are that far down the rabbit hole because nothing you're ever going to say is going to swing whatever crazy it is in their mind that would again equate a terrorist who maybe killed thousands of people with an unborn baby same thing to them kind of like when uh, it comes to the right to life kind of like religious zealotry isn't it don't ask for logic very much so <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. And it's weird. It's, it's, it's scary. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very bizarre thing. I mean, gun control, this, the same kind of an issue where if you look at your likelihood of being killed by a, you know, gun related crime as opposed to you getting run over by a truck, 
it's not even close. I don't think <laughs> so. You know, why are, why are guns the problem? A lot more kids are dying from distracted driving than from gun crimes, but we're throwing all the money into going after the NRA and not teaching the kids not to text and drive. Uh, why? Did you see how they brigaded Neil deGrasse Tyson over the, his tweet about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you, you can't bring up logic and no. you can't bring up facts, Larry. No. That is the enemy of the new world order. It's true. And, and remember, guns don't kill people. Hillary Clinton kills people. <laughs> <laughs> so you're pretty sure that was it the hillary assassination group that got epstein i you know what i wasn't there believe it or not <laughs> why not <laughs> i you weren't because i had were, other places to be and i like i i like continuing my life and you're not stealthy to enough to get in and out and do that kind of wet work well yeah. a yeah, guy don't want to worry about small planes a guy put on my facebook page he said it's either you've got a government that is so corrupt it you know allowed or participated in this guy's uh killing or so incredibly inept they couldn't keep alive the single most high value uh you know prisoner in the entire in the world and either way it's frightening as hell it really is well the yeah well the interesting thing in his case is it sounds like he kept really good records oh yeah so the question is going to be uh you know what i mean records i mean i guess if we're talking things written down that can all be lies because we all go back to the theory that everybody lies and we understand that uh we're not yet at the point although we're getting close now with the deep fakes you're seeing deep fakes pop up all the mm. time so i'm glad i did that episode Great about episode. a year ago on deep fakes um uh, you, you could tell right then that 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 was on the rise and was going to come in big way and it has because now this could be, you know, deep fakes could be the way to get Bill off the hook because, well, yeah, you know what? It looks like he's fucking a 16 year old prostitute there. It's a deep yeah, fake. I don't think we had deep fakes back in 1994. I think that was actually Bill. <laughs> well, but see, you're, if you're seeing the video today, it could be a deep fake. It depends on think, where the video is. I think my my favorite conspiracy theory about uh, Ep, uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, actually came from uh, Darren from Grimerica is where I heard it. And uh, he, he suggested that Jeffrey Epstein was actually killed by operatives from Google because they wanted to turn the story away and make it impossible to search for Dr. Robert Epstein, who was two days earlier in front of Congress testifying that Google must be stopped because they're manipulating the, the elections cycle. Mm, I like that. And I, I thought, you know, it, it was a, another person named Epstein and that, that Google would just pollute their own index by murdering someone named Epstein. I, I'm not saying it's plausible. I'm not saying it happened. I'm just saying that was the most entertaining theory. That, that is, I heard. that is, well, the Epstein case is a very strange case from top to bottom. It's uh, he was convicted of soliciting what a 15 year old prostitute. That's what he was actually convicted of back 10, 15 years ago or something, which one, I have multiple questions. One, the girl was working as a prostitute. So that's where, you know, there's a slight breakdown for me and you know, as much of a creepy guy as he is, I, I, to me, the story seems to be normalizing pedophilia because they're calling him a pedophiliac, but everybody that he's been involved with has been what 14 or 15 and up, which is 
over the age. Still creepy as hell. Don't get me wrong. But then you have people who are actually abusing, you know, infants and five-year-olds and eight-year-olds. And to me, that's a whole different thing than getting involved with a 15-year-old prostitute because some 15-year-olds look 18 today. I don't know the whole theory and or the whole story on what happened there, but every story that I've read on Epstein starts with convicted pedophile. And I'm like, how? Where? Was he ever caught with child porn? I don't remember ever seeing any of this. And the other and, question and, and I, I have. I don't think he lived long enough to be convicted. <laughs> well, but he did of the original yeah. thing 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what he was convicted on was no way, soliciting a. Yeah. Oh, wait, a 15 year old prostitute, which again, this wasn't a 15 year old girl that he just grabbed from somewhere. She was a prostitute. So she was already a prostitute, which to me, you, you, if you're already working as a prostitute, the, the laws, uh, the, the game has changed a little bit than him, you know, grooming somebody and grabbing somebody from a young age. But it's a just it's a very bizarre thing because he wasn't a convicted pedophile. He it's, was convicted of sex trafficking. But the other question I have is, so if he is a pedophile, he has all these young girls around when they went in and got in, invaded the island and went into his house. Where are the girls? All the stories I'm seeing women are like, well, this happened to me 10 years ago by Jeffrey Epstein's hand. Well, where are the current ones? Good question. I mean, there's something missing here. There really is something missing here. And the connections he has to, uh, people you know in upper in government here that he has to princes over in england and i'm sure you know the there's the reach is very very wide um the story it's definitely an interesting one because like you said either they're totally incompetent and let him get killed or they wanted to have him killed so you really if this isn't a story that goes down the lines of conspiracy theory 101 and it's in that well it's yeah. a conspiracy I mean, it's a story more ripe? at the very least but I think but I mean, there's, right. there's, there's so many people. I mean, he he himself, so many people, everybody. I mean, you probably couldn't have gotten a bet on that in Vegas. Uh, about they should they should have had that on the on the line at Caesars. You know, how long is this guy going to live? Um, every everybody, <laughs> I, I, including himself, was saying, "I'm going to be killed." And I then guarantee he winds up there dead. were people betting on that. Oh, there were. I don't know if they. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they were. But <laughs> the ghoul pool. But I don't know if they were. You know, it was an official thing on you know up on the board. But um, it's 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 incomprehensible, and I think if it if it was if it was uh, a, an assassination, and I I think it probably was, it's it's kind of crossing a line where the 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 elites that put that together have wrested so much power from the rest of us that they basically said, yeah, we know you think this is going to happen, and we don't give a fuck. We're just doing it, and you know what? In six months. Or less, the average person will have a tough time putting the name Jeffrey Epstein in context. It's just going to fade away under a barrage of other news cycle well, horseshit. The, the, the average person is also going to have a tough time putting the, the phrase Jeffrey Epstein into a search engine because that will, of course, be erased from all the indexes. There you go. Well, and that is that is another With problem our, our, when and all sorts of the our things. new religious overlords, the tech companies of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. And that really is kind of a uh, kind of a scary thing. I mean, 1984, I remember reading that in high school, which is going back to 1986 or 87, I think, is when I first read it going. No, this could never. Mm. This just I mean, it's, it's a great science fiction piece. And uh, 
you know, I understand that this is, you know, crazy things have happened in other parts of the world, but this could never happen here. And now we're sitting here, here 30 years or so later going, holy crap, yeah. this has happened here. Jo- the thought police. George Orwell and Professor Ted, the prophets of our time. <laughs> Sad, but true. Yeah. Sad, but true. And it is. It is scary that the, the Epstein case, if it makes one thing clear, it is that somebody who has evidence against somebody in power can easily be snuffed out yeah. because they could have dealt with this guy in a whole bunch of different ways. He never had to actually get arrested. I mean, the plane could have gone down. He could have had a heart attack. We know there's ways to do that. He he could have been found in an empty room with two bullet holes to the head and a gun in his left hand. Well, there was a dual message there. I think to the public, it was, you know, we'll, we'll do, we can do what the fuck we want to do. You know, we're, we don't give a shit. We don't, we answer to no one. And then to those that might be in his elite circle, it's clearly, Hey, shut the fuck up. Cause we can get you anywhere, anywhere. Right. Which is interesting because if he would have died of a heart attack or in a plane crash, there would have been a lot of questions about, well, Maybe they killed him, but most likely it was just an accident. This is, you're right, absolutely clear, like, um, this this went down this way. And I remember there was an article right when the suicide came out that was of a guy that uh, had been in this prison. I mean, in San Francisco now, you would have to call him somebody that was um, at one point involved with the justice system. The rest of the world would just call him a convict who said the bedsheets that were allegedly used are paper thin and would rip they may even be paper i mean yeah. you know the kind of stuff you get when you go to the doctor's office and they just have a big roll and it comes down sure. yeah I, i'm kind of wondering if that's what what did he use to hang himself when there was you know they're like well he went from his knees so it's like well then but your feet would go down the concept of somebody even i don't think he was a super tall guy but the concept of anybody around six feet tall hanging themselves in one of those jail cells using paper thin or maybe even paper bed sheets. It doesn't really smell right. That's for sure. No. Well, so I guess we don't want to be on that list. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you after, after he died and his bowels let loose, it definitely didn't smell right. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say about that. And this is the kind of insightful view that you could only get from Ryan Bemrose on the grumpy old Ben show. So this is a rarity, I think in a grumpy old Ben's episode where, when we look at the concept of church and state, we all agreed that there was nothing that the founders ever intended. There's nothing in the constitution that says you can't have a manger scene in front of a courthouse. You can't have the 10 commandments up in a school. None of that is reasonable at this point to assume even though that's what's being yelled which is rare because in grumpy old bends usually we talk about something and we go well we're no further than when we started but i think we're all in agreement on that as as a general rule i i I don't believe that anything having to do with with government actions or the kind of things that hit the mainstream media they the word reasonable usually doesn't come into it no (laughs) well that's true but I mean, you go back to grammar school. I remember every morning I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God. 
indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, I remember. Like, well, there's that under God part. Uh, yeah. F- fun fact. I actually got sent to the principal's office once because I refused to stand or say the Pledge of Allegiance. It had nothing to do with the under God. There was, I mean, even back in the 80s, there were people saying, well, we shouldn't have to be under God. I had, it wasn't because of the under God part. It was because the, the I pledge allegiance part. Like, no, I'm not going to say you this. had no allegiance. Not not to <laughs> like, not to the government for which it stands. No. <laughs> so you were a young rebel, even uh, even at that age. Is that so hard to believe? No, because nothing's changed. Absolutely, nothing has changed. And I, you know, I can understand. I, I prefer where to people- use the phrase "free thinker." I had the yeah. ability to think for myself and decide. You know what 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 am I actually doing when I say these words? Um, and do I actually believe that this piece of folded cloth is something that deserves my allegiance? Well, I think it sounds well, like you not. were less than a rebel, but more of a kid who was able to discern the difference between a nation and its government. Correct. I got that right. Well, that's that. I guess that's also true. Okay. It's uh, the, a government is always made up of people and yeah. a nation is a, a collective concept. It's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, and it, it's got to the point now where I understand if you're an atheist and you don't want to say the under God part, that's perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, where I have a problem is where you start saying, "Well, because I'm an atheist, I don't want anybody to say the Pledge of Allegiance, or I don't want anybody to be allowed to say a prayer where my kid might hear it in sure in the school." And I know there was and, just a thing you and, know, a and couple this years is- ago where a high school football coach would would say a prayer with the team. Hey, you know what? If the team wants to pray and the coach wants to pray, then why should that be? Uh, why should somebody lose their job or why should that even be a problem? And that's precisely where you, a, a set of religious beliefs, even when they're secular religious beliefs, have crossed the line from the good type of religion, which is uh, I have internalized these lessons and I will use them to choose how I live my life. And the bad type of religion where you say, I think these lessons are uh, uh, my idea and therefore I'm going to impose them on you. There's a huge difference. And it, if in fact, the founders of America who were very libertarian, um, they, they kind of codified the, the, you can, the, the freedom of religion codified in the first amendment and the, the concept of separation of church and state, uh, were, I choose to see them as, as these libertarians were saying, everybody has the right to choose religion for themselves. Nobody has the right to choose religion for somebody else. Well, that's exactly it. And that's why I really like, uh, Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller, the, the illusionist magicians that have been running in Vegas forever and have, yeah, he is definitely a philosopher. He took, uh, he has a great podcast. I haven't listened to it in a while. Cause as I've said, the more podcasts you make, the less podcasts you can listen That's to, true. Uh, except for Larry's, which I have to keep on up on because uh, my wife assures me it's better than anything I do. Well, Larry's uh, Larry's yeah. are also short and easy to consume like popcorn. Nothing like grumpy old Ben's, <laughs> which is coming up on the two hour mark. <laughs> uh, well, that's because we bloviate just a little bit more, but that's okay. There's different formats out there, uh, but Penn Jillette actually gets along really well with Glenn Beck and he was on Beck's show and he had Beck on his podcast and he talked about how many people that commented to him like well, how could you even talk to that guy and that to me is where 
the problem exists yeah. in this country and in this world is that because you have different views than somebody else that you shouldn't even associate with them. You shouldn't even talk to them. And, and Penn, you know, God bless him for uh, the atheist libertarian that he is. He's like, you know, I like the guy. If I want to talk to him, I'm going to talk to him. And, you know, I, I learned things from him. Hopefully he learns things from me. And isn't that what makes society better? And which is why, you, you know, we mentioned this previously in the and uh, something on censorship where it's the people that are trying to shut somebody else up. They're the ones I'm going to worry about, not the ones trying to have a conversation. Absolutely. And, and here on Grumpy Old Ben's, we, we hit a lot of controversial topics, at least partly because neither Darren nor I, nor Larry or a lot of our guests see, have, have the hangups that you see in, in a lot of popular media of, of the topics that you're not allowed to discuss. Well, I, as I've said before, I am a free speech absolutist and all topics should be available to discuss. Uh, I, I may come down one side or the other on, on the particular issues, but the one thing that I will always be in favor of is we have to be able to talk about it. I agree. Yeah. And it's so scary. That's, that's the only, how yeah. many people um, are being churned out of university universities who would really tell you to fuck off from that last statement. It's frightening. You know, it really is. Well, yeah. Ideologies is, is a scary it's thing. They so don't scary. like religion, but really they're, they've bought yeah. into a religion that they don't know is a religion. Yeah. And, and uh, that be, is because you know, it's that, yes, because it defines itself as being anti-religious. It's uh, kind of like the, the greatest irony in, uh, in Portland today is, uh, the, the name of the group Antifa who are a group of fascists who yes. call themselves anti-fascists. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, it's a fantastic trip trick for propagandizing people is you say sure exactly is. the opposite of what you mean and you say it often enough that people believe it. Yeah. Right. You're pointing at somebody else yelling something when you're actually talking about yourself, whether you yeah. realize it or not, I guess ha, 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 is, you religious is, nut job. Yeah. And it's really, <laughs> exactly. you know, so much Either. of this, I think we can lay the blame at the educational system. I think back on, you know, my kids, uh, one of my kids, uh, was given static in school because she used the word stupid. She wasn't calling somebody stupid. She didn't say, hey, Joey, you're stupid, which even if she did, I'm with you, Ryan, it's an absolute. But she was saying like this, whatever it was, I don't know, this school bag is stupid or this pencil broke, it's stupid, whatever. And she got a ration of shit from a teacher for using the word stupid. It wasn't nice. Another time she had written on a, it was actually called in. She was in first grade and the teacher wanted to meet with my wife and I because she had written uh, on a book, the, the words girls rule, which she probably saw on a t-shirt or I don't know where. I mean, sure. Who gives a but, shit? Yeah. You know, it, this it is, was, and, well, this, and, and it had to like argue with this idiot, you know, well, that's, isn't, don't you think that's sexist? Do you want your daughter thinking that way? And what I wanted to say was, I think you're a fucking moron and you have no business setting foot inside a room with, with children. I think did, you should be mopping toilets somewhere. Did, That's did what I wanted to say, say to her. But uh, no, I wanted to say that to her, but I couldn't because my kid was at her mercy. But that's what should have been said to her. You're a fucking moron way over your head. Get out of your job. Well, that's why we have podcasts like this, because we yes. can actually say that sort of thing. 
<laughs> and there's no well, and, and, we, and because we have no audience, there's no way any of this can come back and bite us. <laughs> hey, it reminds me of two of the stories that I talked about in the random thoughts that dropped yesterday called Laws episode number 49 and damn that's getting that number's getting up there, but the well the one was the city of San Francisco who they were relabeling everything. Mm. Which, like I said, if you're if you're a convict, you're now a justice involved person. Right. There was some crazy stuff. But what was recommended for illegal alien is now two. There you have two possibilities. A Democrat illegal alien. Well, that would be accurate. But no, the city of San Francisco wants you to call an illegal alien individual or person. Oh, 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 now the leftists actually care about individual individuality. <laughs> we mentioned we've been, everything we've been else. Carving was everybody it, up yeah. into identity groups for 25 years, but suddenly when it benefits your, your particular side and gets you more voters for your political party, now you care about individuals. No, not buying right. it. You can't mention anything about the illegal aspect of the immigration thing, but no, but that's. The thing with Larry's story there about your daughter that really hit home was there was a guy that is being accused of violating in Canada, the province of Alberta, their human rights laws, because he posted something looking for a babysitter for his child. I don't know if the kid is a male or female, but we can't talk about gender because that's that's right. That's bad in the new world order. No, that was last. Episode. He asked. <laughs> well, episode, that was, we did a gender episode as well. Very good. Thank you. The, the, the question that this single father dared to ask this gentleman who was applying for the job. Um, so the guy sent him a message. However, this happened. This was through a social, uh, through a, a classified site online. So the guy said, Hey, I'd like the job. I'm interested. A bunch of people did. And the father responded with two questions, which were, what's your age and what's your gender? And that <laughs> and the people in Alberta. Because he asked those questions are saying that may have violated the really? the human rights really? of. Yeah. I'm like, are we getting to the point to where you can't ask the gender of somebody that you're looking to hire to watch your child? Mm. Wow. I mean, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But that goes right along. The line. How dare she say girls rule? Yeah. I, shouldn't it just say humans rule? And the time she wrote that she was a six year old. I mean, Jesus Christ, <laughs> she was six fucking years old, you know, and this idiot wow. want to make an issue out of that. Wrong think. Fix your kid. Get your kid's head yeah. right. Wrong think. Fuck off. <laughs> wow. What is six years old? Like first grade? Yeah, now? it was what first year. It's your first grade. Yeah. <laughs> and writing girls, girls rule, rule was sexist. Yeah, sexist. You Obviously, you, you did out. not program. Right. Wow. Right. You did. You did not program your child well enough, Larry. She still thinks she still thinks she's a girl. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What the hell is see? This is the, these teachers, man. Oh. There should be some way to weed this kind of thing out of the school systems, or to have parents just you know. It, I'm not normally for advocating the uh, the torches and pitchfork kind of a concept, but when a teacher does that to a six year old, uh, yeah, somebody needs to be run out of town. This yeah. is probably a topic for another podcast, but the solution to that is is charter schools and homeschooling. Yes, you're right. You, yeah. you get you get the centralized state control out of the education system. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, which would be a topic which we could have kind of touched on today too, which we can just briefly is 
the schools, like I went to, again, an all Catholic high school, which wasn't a public high school. So my parents paid for that. The school is still around and my buddy has a kid going into the same school now. And uh, it sounds like it's 65,000 bucks for four years of Catholic high school, which is insanity. But the taxes that people are paying for the public schools, this has been something we haven't heard about this recently, but it was just a few years back with the, hey, you know, if you want, again, the left when it comes to abortion, hey, choice, we want choice. But if you want to send your kid to a Catholic school in a private school, there's no choice. I mean, you can, but you have to pay for it. And the tax money that you're paying that goes towards schools, you can't redirect that. And, you know, that's another big part of the insanity as well, which is maybe part of another episode entirely because people should be allowed to have their kids educated by the people they want them to be educated by, which hopefully keeps them out of the endless churn, which is the socialist teaching paradise that is happening in most of the United States, at least in the big cities. I'm probably totally wrong and I can get some hate mail for that if you want, but I'm guessing, you know, in the more rural areas that don't have crazy socialists running around, the teachers are probably great. So I'm making some generalizations on what we're seeing in, you know, Chicago and LA and New York and that, but this episode was about church and state. And there's a lot of ways to get religion. If that's something you're into our buddy Void Zero, Mark Van Dyke over in the Netherlands was just talking about you know, having a reawakening and kind of re-looking at religion. I don't remember what he said he grew up at, but he's been religion shopping, which is something kind of interesting to me. He's been checking out a few different churches and he's been talking about the experience and it's something interesting, you know, again, this is the Netherlands, so a completely different, right. you know, maybe point of view than we're seeing here in the United States. But I, I at least I, thought, although Mark Europe, is even, hardly even on the same planet. That's an interesting <laughs> that concept, true. an adult religion shop. And that's really cool. I'd like to hear how that nets out. That's fascinating. Yes. Def- so we will definitely keep you up to date on what he's going through. And it's a. Uh, you know, it is an interesting thing. It's like you're looking for stuff and there are places you can find religion without going into your normal church and you, everybody can worship the way they want to. Um, I've said it before. I dig the Sinner Sunday stuff as a, you know, as a Irish Catholic uh. kid that hasn't set foot in a normal church with much regularity over the past decade or so. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting look at the scripture it's an interesting look at things and i mean i have to ask is there actually a chapel somewhere that you found you talk about this place like it's so real <laughs> that you found it out in the middle of the woods i'm like did he really because this is this really sounds like it would be a great real place i mean i know you're not broadcasting there but <laughs> it, it sounds real i can't i can't reveal that darren i'll tell you i'll tell you what <laughs> like it's like ryan Bemrose. I, I did get a um, can't say where I, it's interesting somebody else was wondering that uh, a listener and sent me an email and this guy lived in a rural area of texas and he said exactly what you did he said is that a real place because if it's not there's a, there's a place that sounds exactly like your your chapel down the road from my house and uh you know he said like i, I think he even said it was on his land. He had a big spread. He says, you know, it's, if you want to set up there, it's yours, <laughs> which I thought was, that's kind of cool. Nice. What a nice offer, you know, dude, um, dude, but, take it, 
Take it. That's your out for getting. <laughs> that's my out. I think California. you're right, Ryan. I should. I should run there. You need to. Yeah. You need to get out of California. It's suddenly oh. you have an opportunity. Oh, listen. This place is brother Larry preaching the word. This place is uh, tanking. It's it's terrified. What's what's happening? You li- here, you're really. living in a third world country now, and it it's it's one of the only places in the world I've ever seen go backward because it wasn't like that 20 years. I, I ago. tell you, you're so right, Ryan. And you know what, Doctor Drew uh actually said and he's he's right and he would know i mean the guy is a legit uh, physician he said you know when when they refer to california as a third world country that's an insult to third world culture third world countries they don't have i mean (laughs) what's going on here with the 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 rats and the homeless and 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 plagues and the offing i mean there are people now uh i used to like to go down to chinatown with my kids which is uh you know near near dodger stadium and it's just kind of a fun place to hang out, have some dinner, whatever. But people, the restaurants down there, these these areas are beginning to go tits up because the 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 odds of you uh, running afoul of uh, bubonic plague or typhus are getting really high. It's fucking unbelievable what's going on. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, when people, there was, a, there was a woman that posted a video on YouTube, and I understand YouTube videos are often from people who are just making stuff up, but uh, she claimed that she owned you a hair Google? salon, right? And she's like, I just had to, I had to bail because of the fact that I got tired of stepping over the homeless people. And, you know, yeah. I feel for their plight, but I have less customers coming in the door because they're not comfortable. They don't feel safe coming to the area. And my business had to go down, you know, had to close because of the fact that you let this once thriving area right. turn into a literal shithole. And, and it's, it's very, was this woman from, weird. uh, is Seattle dying Darren? Is that the, the documentary from Como that you're telling me about? Oh, that's a good, that's that a good documentary. Sure. If you haven't seen it. Excellent. Cause there was a woman in it who ran a, I don't know, it was a salon yeah. or a boot. I think a boutique. Well, it's it's not a exactly unique story. What, no, it's it's something that happens uh, everywhere in in these sanctuary cities that invite the the population of people. And and it's it's heartless to even say what I'm saying, which is why I have to say it, because most people are, are self-conscious about being heartless. But you invite in people who make zero contribution to society and you give them your compassion and you give them your tax money and you give them your space on the street and eventually you run into the problem of there isn't enough space for everybody who wants to use the sidewalk and you drive away the people who are contributing to your economy and who are paying taxes those you you drive away the people who work downtown you drive away the people who run businesses downtown Oh, well, the question is then, Ryan, are we back to what I've been saying about, you know, the Bill Ayers, the weather underground? We have to crash the system. Is this being done intentionally or is the government in these areas just that stupid? Well, if I may go back to Thomas Jefferson for a moment, he did say once that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with Mm. the blood of patriots and tyrants. So maybe (laughs) these guys are onto something. Well, you know, it's cause and effect. And and it's in Los Angeles, it's, it's really it's so scary you know this is new this has not been like this i've lived in la a long time and this whole problem began with the passage of a bill called prop 47 which essentially decriminalized everything you know car theft misdemeanor breaking entering misdemeanor 
I mean, fuck with, you know, if you're talking about a parking ticket, I, maybe I'll just start burglarizing homes myself, supplement my income. Why not? You know, what are they going to do? <laughs> Well, and they, so they're, gonna, this, they're literally going to do nothing if you call nothing, the cops. Nothing. And, and they, if if you have eight hundred dollars worth of shit stolen from your place, and you call the cops and you say it was eight hundred dollars, they'll say okay, that's nice, and then they'll file a report into a filing cabinet, and you'll hear nothing else about it. They will correct. not even send a person. That is correct. And you know, that's not to say that it's the cops' fault. I mean, I know cops in L.A. and they're furious. And I'll tell you another quick sidebar of of uh, of how bad it's gotten. You know, you've got the assholes, you've got the douchebag Gavin Newsom in Sacramento. You've got this imbecile Eric Garcetti in L.A. whose daddy couldn't even get O.J. convicted. Okay, and they're both singing off the same song sheet. And that is it's a homeless problem. It's not a homeless problem. It is a drug addiction and mental illness problem. Okay, and their solution is let's throw money at it. So they're building condos. They're building all kinds of shit. Let's house them. Somebody explain to me how housing somebody who's mentally ill or a drug addict fixes those problems. It doesn't. However, that's the narrative. Now, at the same time, there are multiple Facebook groups around California addressing this, and they're called Crime Stoppers, and they're here, they're everywhere. Now, the left and the government are labeling these groups hate groups. Imagine that. Well, yeah. it's a hate. Yeah, I'm pointing you, out. You hate. You hate the homeless. We're going to shut you down. And how, were, how dare you want to preserve your way of life? How dare you? How you dare selfish. you? So there were cops well. that I know personally. Good guys. I know two of these guys. Good dudes. And they were frequently contributing to the local Crime Stoppers thing. And these guys were like, yeah, send me the footage from your ring bell. Blah blah blah. They were working hand in hand with the citizenry to try to bring down the crime problem okay guess what chief of police said you guys get the fuck off that facebook group or you're fired well as as i've said before in fact i think i said it on a show with you uh the uh drug problem may be on the streets but the mental health problem is in sacramento that's a priceless quote my friend that should be etched in stone <laughs> really it is absolutely true. And yeah, you're not going to get anywhere when the narrative's being pushed that when you point out facts that you're being accused of a hate crime, right. you're being accused of, you know, doing something wrong. And this is really where everybody gets shut down. That's where everybody starts being afraid you, to you, stand you, up you've and stepped speak outside out outside of the bounds of the issues you're allowed to talk about. Hmm which is dangerous. Mm -hmm. It always used to be, don't talk about religion or politics. And we decided here on the grumpy old Ben <laughs> show, let's talk about religion and politics. And uh, so far we haven't been deplatformed, but that's because we're not on any platform. We're not on YouTube. The only platform we are on broadcasting live as we speak on the no agenda stream at noagendastream.com, where Adam Curry, John C. Devorah created a show called no agenda, which created a stream, which is, uh, run by a guy named Mark Von Dyke, who we were talking about before, and Ryan Bemrose, who are two guys who uh, they're in control of deplatforming anybody. And since Ryan and, and Mark are both guys that believe firmly in free speech, uh, until somebody actually comes and locks the two of those guys up, we know we're pretty okay. Please don't give and them if they any do ideas. come and lock those guys. <laughs> they do come lock you guys up. I'm going underground. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I got a go bag. I'm ready and. Uh, and I'll be getting the hell out of town. But this is why you have to appreciate places like the No Agenda Stream. You have to appreciate people doing podcasts 
that are trying to look at these issues uh, in a little bit from an outside the box viewpoint, because like you said, inside the box, it goes back to that little Steven song that I did a whole episode of random Mm. thoughts on where they talk about, you know, they, they give you these, you know, you think you, they give you the vote. You think you have the choice, you know, it's, Really, it's all the same. That's a great episode. It's an illusion I that, really enjoy that you know that we have control. And I really, the thing I appreciated most about doing that episode was, and I don't know if we had talked about that the last time you were on, but within like twenty four hours, actually probably within like twelve hours, I was getting tweets from Little Steven about the episode, really cool. which I thought was really cool because he was like, you know what, I I can see we disagree politically on stuff, but. Uh, you know, nobody's ever taken this much time to look at one of my songs. And it was a, uh, you know, it was really, you know, it's a great song. It and is. you don't have to like the the politics of the entertainers that you like. Uh, as long as they're reasonable people, there are some entertainers that get so to the point to, you know, the Michael Moores of the world, the, uh, you know, the whole, well, the whole Lear Foundation pushing things. Once people start trying to program you through television, I'm out. But yeah. You know, hey, I understand. Little Steven was a protest singer singing a protest song. And it's okay. You know, I can like Billy Bragg, even though he's a socialist. I can like the music. Steve Earle, same sure. way. But then again, I don't go after them like they go after Ted Nugent for being the opposite, right. which is also ironic. Wait, wait, back up. You you said something about being reasonable. I think I figured out what I was doing wrong all this time. Oh, you haven't been being reasonable? Well, that's just the Bemrose way. And I would <laughs> like to thank the supporters of the show. We like to, you know, everybody, if you can subscribe, that does a lot. If you can rate us, that does a lot. Uh, but we do work on the value for value model and we do get some donations from times in Ryan. I mean, I normally announce the donations and I will announce that we got a recurring donation from John Fletcher, the host of the hog story podcast, which is hogstory.net, which is just the best hangout, um, fun podcast that you can deal with. He is our first monthly donor so that's it came in it is a recurring monthly donation so that is the first guy doing that and we appreciate that fletcher he's the guy if you ever listen to the no agenda show larry when they do like clips of somebody yelling a name like hmm. you know news him? well that's fletcher <laughs> yeah he's the screamer so if you need <laughs> something screamer, screamed he's, he's good for <laughs> if you need we have we have a pretty good uh business deal with fletcher we <sighs> We provide him unreasonable opinions and he provides us an endless selection of entertaining audio clips. It's a hell of a deal. Well, as Fletcher said, he thanked us for being the voices in his head so he doesn't have to think. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'd recommend that for normal folks, but it seems to work for Fletcher. And the other donation we got, Ryan, is one that was close to your heart. Uh remind me. Your brother. <laughs> oh, no, he's not close. He's like uh, 140 miles away. <laughs> I said close to heart. your heart. I didn't say close geographically. Uh, I mean, it was it was great to get a donation from a Bemrose with the note. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it opened it up in front of me. But he said, well, thanks for making Ryan at least, you know, take it down a notch. And it, yeah, I don't want to know what the unfiltered he's one of our he's one of our only unwilling listeners to uh grumpy old ben's back when we'd done uh, maybe three episodes uh you know i i was uh playing video games with him online and i sent him over discord i sent him a link and i'm like (laughs) you need to listen to this episode 
or I'm not going to play Borderlands with you anymore. And he's like, wait, what? Why are you? <laughs> and, and he listened. And then he's like, you know, you sound crazy, but I know that. And I'm okay with it. And this Darren guy's <laughs> interesting to listen to. And, and, and then I sent him the next one and he's like, do I have to listen to this one too? I said, yes. <laughs> and and uh, a couple weeks later, I, I go talk to him and, and he's like, hey, when does your new episode come out? I'm like, what have you listened? We've, we've done like Whoa. seven now. And so he is, <laughs> he is the first listener that ever listened to Grumpy Old Ben's against his will. So for that, uh, Tony, I apologize. But now he's a willing he's listener. Now he's like, when's the next episode? Which that says a ton about what you guys are doing. That's very cool. Right. Yeah, we're we're trying we're trying to have fun, and I know it's the, I hope it wasn't the first episode that Ryan found out that uh, his mom listens to because Ooh. with the, we do some of the cold openers, yeah. and and Ryan pointed out that because I'm the guy that does the editing, it's usually me that's either making fun of him by using something he said right. or trying to you know put him into a bad light. Well, the uh, <laughs> and I don't need you for that. I can list- do that fine on my own. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, you do a you do a fine job. So the the episode where we talked about the Alyssa Milano thing and our buddy Jay Finley being deplatformed from Twitter, the uh, Ryan Bemrose decided to do a Scottish accent because he was talking about the 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 use of the c word throughout the world and how it's really no big deal in the UK but, yeah. that it's just more of a you know, a slang thing. Yeah. So he put on a Scottish accent and just said, "Oh, you blimey cunt." <laughs> And that's how the episode started. And it was shortly after that, that he found out his mom listens. And that was a word I heard that, that even yeah. he, as the free speech guru, you know, that's what you said, what your mom, well, that was always just pushed into your head that that was the bad word. So, you know, did she wash her mouth out with soap after hearing that episode? Or I, not? I have, fortunately, I live in a different state from her now. She's in a better place now. She's in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> that's you, you did that well, that is that is getting quite liberal too you did that that's, cockney accent so well ryan at first i didn't even realize it was you i was like who's that guy and i thought oh it's him <laughs> yeah, well call, i felt like calling that a scottish accent was it scottish okay. scots <laughs> <laughs> I, cockney, yeah, we can maybe, maybe bring that know. back i don't know it was it was an accent i picked up from bbc what does that mean yeah yes it's probably a mishmash of a of a bunch of different things but so hey to John Fletcher and to Ryan Bemrose's brother, thank you for the donations. And uh, everybody else, go out there, subscribe. If you want to make a donation, you could do that at grumpyoldbens.com. And you have to go check out That Larry Show at thatlarryshow.com. And you've got a little bit of, uh, well, not a little bit. You've got probably more bonus episodes than we have episodes. So people should check out your Patreon as well oh, yes. for, for some cool stuff. and. And you have to check out Sinner Sunday. If you if you want to dip your toe back into religion, because even I noticed, and I'll out Ryan on this one, when we started carrying that Larry show on the stream, he was just running the normal show. He wasn't running the Sinner Sunday. But I've noticed now that even Sinner Sunday is showing up on the No Agenda stream. So I think is it really? you may have uh, convinced Ryan. That, oh, how cool. Know, or, or you may just be putting them all in the same RSS feed and my automated <laughs> system is picking them all up. Well, it's that's very trick. cool. And thank you. Thank you so much. Well, and I do have a bonus episode doing, coming. Thank, thank you for doing an amazing show because uh, uh, we, we want all of the good content on this stream. And if it's up there, it's because someone likes it. Well, thank you guys for, uh, for, for finding it entertaining. I'm really flattered. 
And uh, to answer your earlier question, my shows only run about 25 minutes because that's all I can do without needing a snack. You know, I just have to head for the fridge, really. Well, you see, with Ryan, it's usually going for a bathroom break, which is why the two-hour and 20-minute podcast can be uh, a little little taxing. But see, the beauty of having a third person along is he's probably gone and snuck out two or three times <laughs> during this episode, and we have no clue. Uh, you'll which you'll is, probably figure it out during editing. You can see where the you can see where the blank uh, part on your on your <laughs> yeah, waveform where, is. Where yeah. the the like, random snarky comments suddenly go quiet for a couple minutes. <laughs> well, we appreciate the random snarky comments, and of course, we do appreciate you being along with us, Larry. You, I mean, really, this is I think your third episode, so uh, we're gonna have to start being more than just an honorary Ben. You're welcome back anytime. We love the uh, the viewpoints you bring on oh. things. And of course, I always like having somebody at least with a better voice than Ryan on the uh, show with me because, uh, like Progo says, he likes the the good voice. He likes the voiceover sound. Yeah, I just you have need, a ton of fun. You need someone who's guys. not quite so shrill. Uh, I'm always honored and entertained and amazed to hang with you guys. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm really very grateful. A lot of fun. Thank you. We appreciate it. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the barbecue is hot, but the lead is hot. And from America's <laughs> left coast, where the conspiracy nuts are running the asylum, but I'd give my left conspiracy nut for some sanity. I'm Ryan Pemrose. <laughs> Later. <laughs>